0: Spark your entrepreneurial pursuits with our guests' best-kept secrets for growing their business and healthcare practices. Get the how-to's that host Hal Alpr, uses to win record sales for business owners and managers. This is BusinessWorks. Welcome to Business Works. This is Hal Alpr, and I'm here today to go through some things that I think we're all going to be interested in if we're involved with business. I wanted to start by, because I've been asked a few times to outline my background, so uh, here's a quick 40-second or so uh, paragraph for you. I, I have 39 years of experience as a professional creative business development coach and brand creator and as a trainer and an entrepreneur career development mentor, all that stuff. Um, I actively consult in marketing, branding, sales, and personal development, uh, stress management, uh, entrepreneurship. I I was uh, twice voted as Professor of the Year uh, when I was at Pace University, and then uh, after that for a few years at Ocean County uh, Community College. One of my books is a national award winner. I've helped to grow over 800 businesses, and my training program efforts have helped to grow over... 100,000 business and healthcare professional participants. So that's enough. Now you know more than you wanted to know about me. So I'm going to move on from here and tell you that um now that we have untangled some of m- your business I- concerns and issues over time, um we're going to end healthcare practice knots. Okay. So, untangling knots for business and healthcare owners. Let's look at what have you done lately, okay? And we're going to take a look at this and and then hopefully provide some guidance today that will help, particularly in the aftermath of this pandemic and uh, all of the stuff that's going on with it um, all over the country and thankfully not uh, in a noticeable way here. We're happy about that. Um, We're going to talk about untangling knots. and, And, you know, when is a knot not a knot? (laughs) <laughs> that's what. That's my question. When is a, a K-N-O-T not, not N-O-T? A K-N-O-T, when is a not, not a not? Well, employee stress blocks productivity, it blocks vision, it blocks focus and health costs employers hundreds of billions of dollars. What's your share? Even if you're running a little business out of your garage, you have a share in that mess. And it comes from stress. Stress is like the eye of the beholder thing, you know. 25 years, for instance, can be forever. (laughs) Or a blink, depending on how we've chosen to experience it and how we choose to see it. So sticking a thumb out to paint scenery, as a commercial running, we see that, uh, isn't the same as sticking your thumb up to show approval or down to show rejection or plugging it into a hole to stop a leak, or (laughs) or waving it to hitchhike a ride. Neither is 25 years of delivering mail, the same as 25 years of raising a family, or 25 years of hammering rocks, or tuning pianos, or driving trucks, or stuffing pickles into assembly line jars, or selling services to corporate muckety-mucks, doing heart transplants, being a techie, running a retail store, or plucking escargot-bound snails off jagged rocks at low tide. Yes, we humans do all of these things to earn a living and label them as stressful. In fact, most stressful to you could well be least stressful to me and vice versa to you Twenty-five years could be an eternity of pain and anguish. To me, it might be a heartbeat of joy. Some may consider it a flash of fantasy. So if you're feeling a little stressed right now, uh, you can turn this off and go away. <laughs> but I, I have hopes that you'll stay with me for a little bit here and give me a chance to uh, talk on this subject a little more, because it, whether you know it or not, whether you feel it or not, whether you believe it or not, it is impacting your business or your professional practice right now, as we are here, as you're listening. So perhaps we've chosen to suffer what seems like a, it's beginning to seem like a permanent backache, or endless constipation, or depression, or addiction, or the opposite. We, maybe we've cultivated some ever-deepening smile wrinkles by choosing to foster a happy, healthy, productive work and home balance. Every end result gives rise and a clue to the source and the choices and the choice reversals that are made or that are not made all along the way. So where does choice begin and end? Or does it? Maybe it's an eternal blanket and functions only when we're aware of its pervasiveness. Surely it doesn't float innocuously to our shoulders from the heavens and plot to us uh, to, to do us in, even as we sit stunned by its presence and puzzled by its origin and intention. But voila, as truth will have it, stress does not come from outside of us. It does not come from other people or circumstances. It does not come from our jobs. All physical, mental, and emotional stress is inevitably the result of a choice that we make or Have once made. Let me try that one again. All physical, mental, and emotional stress is inevitably the result of a choice we make or that we have once made. Perhaps within this very minute, or a week, a month, a year, a decade, or a lifetime ago. So it's fair to say we can stop blaming others and circumstances for having put us under stress. We have only ourselves to blame. But blame doesn't get rid of stress and may even make it worse. As we have championed ourselves to bring it on, we are equally well-equipped to let it go. We only need two things. We need to recognize and accept that the stress is the result of a choice that we just made or once made. And B, that we focus or refocus ourselves on the most immediate split second here and now minutes of our lives, our heartbeats, our pulses, our breathing. We are then returning our minds to this very minute and every passing minute. So there is no, that's the healthiest solution to stress is to first recognize that it comes from inside you. It's a result of a decision that you make or that you once made in your life um, and that you can choose to let it go. You, you, it, it. You all you have to do is pay attention to your heartbeat, your pulse, and 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 sit. You know, just sit with yourself for a minute and pay attention to those things, and and then take a breath, take a nice deep breath, take a few of them. That doesn't hurt because stress only exists when you dwell on a past moment, something older than a minute, let's say, or even a few ticks of the clock. Or worrying about a future moment, which may be more than seconds or minutes away and hasn't yet come and may never come. You see people getting stressed out, worrying about uh, an event or situation or a family member or something that, uh, that with the predicament is maybe a week away, a month away, a year away, a lifetime away. And they're just making themselves crazy with that. There's a terrific poster that I saw by someone that I'm sure you know or have heard of. And it's very simple and quick, and it says, breathe, let go, and remind yourself that this very moment is the only one you know that you have, for sure, Oprah Winfrey. Okay? So, yeah, hey, she has a good idea. Simply being aware of this thinking is often enough to make the difference. If you followed me this far and you're not interested in more, at least be interested enough in helping yourself by trying and practicing these are you breathing steps. They work and they're free. And we've talked about this before, uh, other shows, in fact, I think we did one show was just on the breathing technique. It's very simple, it comes from Hatha Yoga. It is not something that's impossible. Anyone can do it and if you do it enough, you practice it during the day or night or whenever you have spare minutes when you're alone, then you're going to get good enough at it in a day or two that you can do it and no one will ever notice you're doing it. So there's another benefit. You don't have to advertise this. No one needs to know you're doing it, and it is the best um, solution to this kind of a problem. So if you start with that, all you're going to do is take a deep breath in through your nose and All the way down let the air go down to the bottom part of your lungs put your hand on your chest and your hand on your stomach so you feel that difference you're not going to walk around with your chest sticking out you take the deep breath of air and push it down to the bottom part of your lungs so your stomach sticks out instead of your chest hold it there a second then shift it up push in on your stomach and you'll feel your chest stick out and when the air gets up in your chest it sits there for a minute, then let it out in a slow, steady stream through your mouth with your lips almost closed. So it's, this is like the reverse of blowing up a balloon or something. You're, you're going to let it sneak out, you know. So it comes out like... <laughs> instead of... <gasps> you know, it's not like the great north wind. <laughs> this, is, this is... You're going to let that air out in a slow, steady stream. When you get to the end, there'll be a little hitch. You'll hear... Keep pushing. There's more there. In fact, if you smoke, you'll see smoke come out. Let's hope you don't do that anymore. And then right back through your nose again. With your mouth closed, breathe in through your nose. Push it down to the bottom part of your lung so your stomach sticks out. Hold it there a minute. Shift it up to the top part of your chest. Now, with each breath, you say to yourself, energy in as you breathe in and tension out as you exhale. It's that simple. The more you do it, the less noticeable it is. The more you do it, you'll be able, you'll feel better. The more you do it, you'll be more focused. You'll pay more attention to what's right in front of you and what's going on and not wasting time and energy dwelling on things that are over with that you can't change. So here's a solution. It doesn't cost anything. You just got it from me for free. And it works. It works. I've been teaching this for many years, uh, uh, at least 100,000 people have benefited from it and um and there are many others out there who teach variations of it I've heard about it in yoga classes and other places and um it it works it works so that's the first step in dealing with yourself and your business issues and problems is to get cons- so total self control okay and and you do that with this deep breathing. And you can do it two times, three times, ten times, a hundred times. If you start to feel dizzy, stop for a couple of minutes and go back and do it again. It just means you need to do more of it. Okay, that's all. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here, and I'll come back. And we're going to talk about what you have done lately. Welcome back to BusinessWorks. This is Hal Alpiar. We've talked in the first part of the program uh, about ways to be smart in this time and age with all that's going on in the world, how to take better control of our lives and our businesses and what it is that we're doing. If you own or run a business or a professional practice like healthcare, care, uh, or if you are employed uh, right now, these this works for everybody. So that little breathing technique, you may want to check back and replay the podcast if you have it. Um, by the way, you can have access to these podcasts by going to Newstalk941.com slash podcasts. And when you get there, there's about 12, 13, 14 down. I guess there are probably about 20 total. Uh, you'll see Business Works. And this particular show will be on along with all the others that have been there for the better part over a year, I think now. So we've probably got Close to 100 programs, and you can listen by topic to anyone for any length of time for free, no matter where you are in the world, and um, hopefully benefit by it. So, I said we would come back to what have you done lately? And that's a daunting question when it's asked. It's a paralyzing one when it's obvious but unspoken. Think about that statement What have you done lately? It matters not whether you are job hunting or job secure, whether you are being considered for a promotion, for a management consulting project, or for starting, uh, being the starting quarterback on the Tennessee Titans, or for a gopher position with a local septic tank installation crew, or for a top-level federal appointment. Of course, those last two examples could be interchangeable. Um, we won't dwell on that. You may want to have to play that one back to pick it up. Anyway, because very few job and promotion candidates are walking around with last week's National Leadership Awards sticking out of their back pocket, the result of being asked, what have you done lately, is generally the same. Panic attack. Okay, you say, you can relate to it, but you don't really have that kind of problem, you say, because you are the boss. Well, boss, guess what? This is the same question that's in the back of every customer's mind, but you will never hear it asked. Now, that's a quick flip thought. Hmm, the same question, what have you done lately, is in the back of every customer's mind or every patient's mind, but no one will ever ask you that. The only thing that's permanent, said Greek philosopher Heraclitus time. 2,500 years ago (laughs) is change. The only thing that's permanent is change. So how is it that this has become common household advice for dozens of generations and business owners and managers and they are still running stagnant? What have you done lately? Have you introduced some change excitement that ushers in genuine and meaningful consumer benefits? Was the change something that will or will continue to produce a positive or a negative outcome for your customers or your patients? Or have you pulled the plug on real innovative progress in order to cut expenses? Shame, shame. That will not help you. In the end, it will take its toll. I have seen many businesses fail Because they've done that. You can't cut corners and think that's going to save you. When you make a change to cut expense corners, the odds are that you are inevitably making a change that will find its way through to the point of lowering some key aspect of product or service quality and dollar value. And it doesn't take long for people to realize that. Short-changing innovation efforts may, in fact, amount to investing in the status quo, in keeping things or something the same as it's always been. And that's not a practice that will take you to the dance in today's competitive crisis economy. On the other side of the coin, innovation, just for the sake of innovating, is meaningless. It is as threatening and undermining to a business as doing nothing new. Innovation mania is especially prevalent in many high-tech businesses. And we see it, we've heard about it, including this week. (laughs) It it just doesn't stop. The high-tech industry feeds on making changes that serve no purpose or that have no real value, often just to be able to say, Hey, look at what we're doing. So this post, is this an anti-innovation message? Not by any measure. It is, however, a message that innovative practices focused solely on stirring up what's in the mixing bowl rather than, for example, designing and developing new ingredients for the bowl or inventing a new kind of bowl, or a new improved stirrer, or a waste of business resources. Innovation starts with a creative idea. In other words, as Grandpa used to say, If you're going to do it, do it right. <laughs> so, as long as we're on the subject of Grandpa and family... <laughs> My family, let me just bring this up, that my late wife, God bless her, had been my business partner for 23 years. It takes an extraordinarily special relationship to survive and thrive in the same workspace and the same home space. And those of you who work from home and maybe with family know what I'm talking about. Oh, but don't think I have a limited perspective on this. I've worked with every kind of family business imaginable, from restaurants, HVAC, farms, clothing, sewage, chiropractic services, heart surgery, landscaping, mattresses, trucking, dentistry, lumber, accounting, candy, travel, manufacturing, computer, rocket ship parts. Uh, They are so small, in fact, they would fit under your fingernail, those parts I'm talking about. And that's just my tip of the iceberg list. Yeah, you might say, but you're just doing their brochures and websites. Doesn't put you in the thick of things. How do you know what's really like? As a management consultant, as a trainer, a coach, and a counselor, believe me, I've seen it all. I've managed succession planning, rookie coaching, crisis intervention, Family foundations, partnership formations, partnership separations, and one fist fight. (laughs) The the biggest problem with family business is family. Family relationships are a hotbed of emotions. Consider the statistics that claim everyone comes from a dysfunctional family, (laughs) which Which means there are an awful lot of weirdos out there. When the dysfunctional types become part of the family business, people see the business as dysfunctional. That's another way to say, when you see a splash of red to a sea of blue, people stop noticing the blue. Just a little splash of red in the sea of blue, people stop noticing the blue. Only a handful of really smart family business leaders have the good sense to realize A proven professional can help grow the business and save the family. When emotions uh, are high in a family business, you can be sure the business will not be a recommended long-term investment. Business ventures can be immensely emotional and supercharged, but keeping control of all that energy requires great leadership, great finesse, great objectivity, and a great sense of balance. How how can we think of this? Well, I, I like to say, well, imagine a ship in a stormy sea with an angry blood vessel on the cusp of bursting, near incoherent screaming captain at the controls. You want to be figuring out the quickest route to the lifeboats. Some family businesses keep these stormy sea antics below deck, but they still take their toll. You'd want to be figuring out the quickest route to the lifeboats. Here's the good news. None of it is necessary. Here's the bad news. Only a handful of family business leaders have the good sense to realize a proven professional can help to grow the business and save the family. The basic principles of anger management, stress management, time management, communication skills, especially effective listening, goal setting, and leadership transparency are the ingredients of family business transformation and guess what, success. Someone who knows how and when to use these tools can help you get the red splash out of your sea of blue and steady the controls. The more generations involved, the greater the need. The more family members involved, the greater the need. The solution direction is simple. It takes a commitment to want to succeed, a willingness to share the dirty laundry with an outsider, and a sense of partnership and perseverance with that outsider, to combine forces to make a difference. You've heard of the three R's, reading, writing, and arithmetic. Well, family, business, growth, and development is directly tied to the four R's, receptivity, responsiveness, responsibility, and respect. If those are all present, an experienced coach can help them all work for the good of the business and the good of the family. So thanks for visiting today with BusinessWorks and myself, and I hope that you go for your goals. God bless you, and God bless America, and God bless America's troops and first responders and police officers and all those who value freedom. Make today a great day for someone. You've been listening to Business Works. Download your favorites and keep up with new episodes in the Hintz and Oakley Podcast Center.